Chapter Twenty Seven of the Forgery by George Payne Rainsford James. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Twenty Seven. There's a person below inquiring for your excellency," said Colonel Middleton's foreign servant, entering the sitting room where his master sat writing a note. "Who is he, Carlini?" asked the young officer, looking up. "Is it the same man who was here before?" "No, sir," replied the servant. "This is a taller, stouter man, dressed somewhat like the other. He says you know him, and that his name is Joshua Brown." "Oh, show him up! Show him up!" said Colonel Middleton. "'I will see him by all means.' "'The servant retired, and in a moment or two returned with our good friend, the peddler. "'But Joshua Brown's face, upon the present occasion, "'bore an expression which, in the course of their short acquaintance, "'Colonel Middleton had never seen it assume. "'It was a sort of hesitating, undecided expression, "'very different from the frank and easy, though unpresuming manner, "'which he generally displayed in addressing persons "'whom he looked upon as his superiors.' henry remarked it but at the same time he treated the man exactly as he would otherwise have done saying sit down brown i am very glad to see you have you brought me any information a little sir replied the peddler but i am sorry to say it is not all good about the pocket-book oh never mind the pocket-book for the present said colonel middleton that is of very little consequence compared with the certificate "'I'm glad to hear you say so, sir,' answered the peddler. "'I hope you may think so still when I've told you all. "'As to the certificate, there it is. "'I thought I should know my way back. "'I don't forget very easily, "'and I walked yesterday straight as a line "'to the place where I thought it was to be found. "'The old clerk's dead, "'and a dapper young fellow in his place, "'who found it out in a minute. "'You owe me half a crown, sir, for that.' "'A great deal more,' said Colonel Middleton. His eyes fixed thoughtfully upon the paper. St. Mary's Westfield, he continued, reading aloud. How far is that from town? About sixteen miles, sir, replied the man. Is that the gentleman's name you expected to find? Exactly, replied Henry, placing the paper in his writing desk. It only confirms what I knew before. Huh, said the peddler, in a very peculiar tone but he added something more, and Henry, looking up, said, "'Now for the pocket-book, my good friend.' "'Why, I suppose you guess, sir, by this time, that I have not got it,' replied the peddler, "'and I am sorry to say we shall never get it now.' "'Indeed!' exclaimed Colonel Middleton, in a tone of surprise and disappointment. "'How has that happened? Have they destroyed it?' "'They have, sir,' said Joshua Brown, "'and that in my presence, too.' and he looked in the face of Colonel Middleton with a keen and inquisitive expression, as if seeking to form a judgment, from what he there beheld, regarding some doubtful questions in his mind. "'That is unpleasant,' said Colonel Middleton, in a grave but ordinary, matter-of-fact tone, as if he had lost in the pocket-book the value of a thousand pounds or more. Now let the reader remark and remember that a man's face and manners bear a very different expression when he has lost something very valuable which he regrets much and would give a great deal to recover and when something has occurred which generates apprehension the passions are different and so are the effects in one instance they have reference to the past and in the other reference to the future and nothing can be more different than the looks of regret and fear 
now all that colonel middleton felt or seemed to feel was regret well tell me how it all happened he said curious that they should burn it in your presence when they had the certainty of getting a considerable sum of money for it joshua brown set to work to convince him that nothing in the world could be more natural but he did not altogether succeed i am afraid said colonel middleton that these good gentry must have discovered that there was something very important to me in that pocket-book but why they should burn it i cannot conceive it was curious to remark the changes of expression which came over the plain and almost harsh features of the pedlar during his conversation with colonel middleton and certainly if the face is in any degree the index of the mind he underwent more changes of emotion that day than were all customary with him a look almost of anxiety now came into his face as he answered i am afraid sir that they had found out how important the pocket-book was to you and had arranged all their plans to make what they call a good job out of it nevertheless i don't think that they were quite clear as to all the little particulars so that perhaps they can't do as much mischief as they would colonel middleton paused in thought for a moment and then said with a grave look as far as i can remember the contents of that book were quite sufficient to afford them the means of discovering the whole particulars of a transaction long past which i do not wish to revive but what could make them destroy the pocket-book i cannot conceive for the contents must have induced them to believe that its preservation would be much more profitable to them than its destruction i am afraid sir said the pedlar frankly that i did not altogether manage the matter for you well you see sir i was ignorant of the circumstances you had told me how much you would give and i did not like to offer more especially when the rascal who had got the book tried to exact more by threats by threats did he said colonel middleton how much did you offer my good friend i offered a hundred pounds sir as you said and to make them think that i had no interest in the matter i pretended to require something for myself out of the money there was my mistake i think oh no replied henry with a degree of indifference which surprised the pedlar very much i think you did quite right i would not have given more than a hundred pounds that was quite enough then the blackguard must have been making a great mistake said joshua brown with a relieved look for he seemed quite sure that you would give a great deal more and said there was that in the pocket-book which might hang you or save you and you half believed him my good friend replied the young officer looking at him with a smile while the colour mounted up in the pedlar's brown cheek but if you had considered one moment brown you would have seen that had that book contained as the ruffian said the means of hanging me he would never have thought of destroying documents that gave him such a power over me no to be plain to you the book did contain full and satisfactory proofs of my innocence of an act once imputed to me by destroying them the villain did me a great disservice but thank god they are not the only proofs and those that still exist i trust will be sufficient well sir said brown i am sorry i attended to the man at all and if i had but thought a bit as you say i must have seen that his conduct and his word were not consistent however what made him burn the pocket-book was the sight of a constable walking up and down before the house the two scoundrels chose to think that i had brought him there and that as soon as i had got the book i should give them into custody 
so away it went into the fire in a minute and i could not get it out for they were two to one and though master mingy bows is a little one his comrade is worth two of me at any time so one is a little man said colonel middleton thoughtfully try and describe him to me yet yeah, stay a minute and ringing the bell he ordered the waiter to send his servant as soon as carlini had entered the room colonel middleton said now go on mr brown i merely wished my servant to hear your description of this good gentleman you mark it carlini and let me know whether it seems to be the same person who was here this morning the peddler who as i have before shown was a very minute and accurate observer proceeded to give a full and particular account of the personal appearance of mr mingy bows while the italian stood by and listened bending his head gravely and approvingly from time to time as the other proceeded when at length joshua brown paused carlini turned to his master saying the same sir exactly and then at a sign retired now then brown who is this person demanded colonel middleton for it seems he is not the person who actually had the pocket-book no sir he's the fence replied the peddler that's to say the receiver and it was at his house i saw the other man whose name i do not know any more than that it is sam well this man called here to-day said colonel middleton and i suppose the object now is to extort money from me by threats don't you doubt it sir said joshua brown that's a game which is always playing in london and those horse-leeches as soon as once they are fixed never let go till they have drained every drop of blood out of a man's body there are many thousands of them in this city who live by nothing else many a man they break down in health as well as in fortune and happiness and many another they drive to commit suicide weak and pitiful must their victims be said colonel middleton somewhat contemptuously for none but a mere slave to fear would yield to threats which he must know would necessarily go on increasing in virulence i'm not quite sure of that sir replied the peddler all men have their weaknesses and i believe all men have their timid side it is a part of the trade as such fellows as these to find out where a man is likely to be afraid and hunt him down upon that i have known many a very brave man who would have fought anybody or anything but who could not face an accusation colonel middleton meditated for a moment or two and then replied these scoundrels will find themselves very much mistaken if they fancy that such fears will influence me i think they will sir replied the peddler but i would advise you to be careful what you do with them for i think a cunning of thief was never known than that same mingy bows and if he cannot manage one way depend upon it he'll try another without success answered henry but now my good friend as to you i am considerably indebted for many services i would fain settle that account before we part that you may not think me ungrateful oh sir i have no claim to make replied the peddler i'm very glad to have served you and the loss of time has not been much i should like however to know how this other business goes on and i should not be sorry to see master mingy bows myself and talk to him a bit upon what he's about for i might give you some sort of hint that would be serviceable henry haley seemed to think for a moment over the proposal before he answered but at length he replied well be that as you like 
It can do no harm, and might perchance do some good. I suppose that, beyond all doubt, one or both of the two villains will be here ere long again, and if you were to remain at the hotel and meet them unexpectedly when they come, they might feel not very pleasantly surprised. My servant shall take care of you, if you like to stay. As for myself, I shall away at once to St. Mary's, Westfield. The peddler smiled. I will tell you what, sir, he said. You may want me in that business, too, before long, and so, when I go away from here, I shall tell your servant where I am to be found when needed. I do not think you can be of any more service to me there than you have already been, replied Henry, but nevertheless I shall be very glad of your address. We shall see, sir, we shall see, said the peddler. Don't think me impertinent, but I know something of almost everything under the sun, and more of this matter than a great many. Indeed, said Henry, pray tell me how that may be. No, no, sir, answered the peddler, not just yet. I'll only ask one favour of you, which is, that you will always let me know where you are to be found for the next six weeks, and I'll do the same by you. Henry laughed, saying, "'Well, my good friend, I will agree to the compact, though it is somewhat unequal. "'Carlini,' he continued, speaking to his servant, who entered with a note, "'take care of this good gentleman, who has been of great service to me lately, "'and if that person returns, who was inquiring for me this morning, "'let Mr. Brown deal with him, as he knows something of him.' "'Yes, Your Excellency,' replied the valet. "'But Lady Anne's servant is waiting for an answer.' Henry unfolded the letter and read. "'I will go directly,' he replied. "'Send a chaise after me, Carlini, to Lady Anne's. "'I shall not be home for dinner, most likely not till eight, but certainly by that time. "'In the meantime, take care of Mr. Brown.' Thus saying, he retired for a moment to his bedroom, returned with his hat and some papers in his hand, and set out at once, leaving his servant and the peddler together. End of chapter 27